With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution and the fall allergy season upon us, it's time to buttress your respiratory health with Breathe Clear from my friends at NT Factor. Breathe Clear with NT Factor combines the benefits of NT Factor's breakthrough lipids formula with powerful bioflavonoids and amino acids. Together, they've been shown to restore energy, repair the damage to cells caused by wildfire pollution, decrease allergic reactions, reduce sinus congestion, and open blood vessels. Breathe Clear with NT Factor is the best formulation available for tackling both allergies and the free radical damage caused by wildfire smoke. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor Limits Powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. That's a $27 value. Just go to ntfactor.com, that's ntfactor.com, or call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158. Arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get Breathe Clear with NT Factor absolutely free and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against allergies and free radicals. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, a podcast that I've been very much looking forward to because it's an opportunity for me to reunite, reunite with a great friend and colleague and mentor, uh, Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum, who I've uh, interviewed uh, quite a few times over the past couple of decades. Uh, Dr. Teitelbaum is a board-certified internist. He's an MD and best-selling author of nine books, including his perennial bestseller, From Fatigue to Fantastic, which I have to say has revolutionized our approach to treating chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia. But uh, a new challenge has emerged over the past couple of years, and I haven't talked to him since. Uh, it is the uh, sometimes devastating condition of long covid and so Dr. Teitelbaum has turned his expertise to addressing the problem of long COVID because uh, it's his belief that uh, some of the same principles that achieved a great deal of success in working with chronic fatigue syndrome patients, fibromyalgia patients, uh, also may well be applicable to long COVID. So without further ado, here's Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. Jacob, it's a pleasure having you back on Intelligent Medicine. I can't uh, tell you how excited I am to talk to you again. Likewise, it's always been a blast when we get to speak in the past. So what I'd like to do for your listeners, for those of you who have fatigue, even if it's just day-to-day fatigue or pain, we're going to help you. If you have CFS or fibro, we're going to help you. But for those of you who have persistent symptoms post-COVID, we've gone to the doctor and you're finding that they're doing the same thing to you that they did with uh, fibromyalgia people, which is to kind of make believe it's all in your mind. Just go exercise more. We are going to teach you what is causing the condition and how to make it go away. Okay. Uh, and that's a tall order. And I have to say that uh, uh, the problem of long COVID uh, has been addressed with major funding from the NIH. Uh, they, they poured, you know, tens of millions of dollars into it. And essentially, and I've been reading, you know, uh, the conventional literature, as you have been, and essentially they're, they're coming up kind of mystified, you know, they're, and they're, the treatments, uh, you know, as you say, you know, sometimes uh, they resort to graded exercise. Sometimes they put patients on antidepressants. 
uh, you know, it, it's pretty dismal in terms of what uh, all those reachers' dollars uh, have ultimately come up with. So it is a challenging, yeah. challenging problem. The $1.15 billion came up with nothing because they didn't feel the need to consult anybody who had any real mm -hmm. expertise in the area. And they did the same thing they did when Congress said research natural remedies. They put the same person in charge of CFS and fibromyalgia's natural remedies who, who basically bragged that he knew nothing about any of it and didn't need to bother learning anything about it. And basically, they have now wasted the $1.15 billion. It's gone, and nothing for it. But the good news is that we know what it is. This is post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome, or post-viral fibromyalgia. Even Dr. Fauci was very clear with that. The research is very clear with that. Um, and this is not a new condition. I mean, Ron, it was back in 1975, when I came down with it, I had a nasty, what I call the drop dead flu, uh, knocked me out of medical school and left me homeless for a year. Hmm. Um, so you know whereof you speak. You, you, you've experienced it yourself yeah. and, and, and attempted to address it conventionally because you were a medical student. And that's, I guess, what prompted you to do this deep uh, investigation of, of plausible solutions. Well, the last 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> a short journey. And in, it's it's been fun. I mean, the thing is, there's so much that can be done. The research, I mean, we have eight published studies ourselves, or well, seven published and eight getting ready for publication on effective treatments uh, for chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, including post-viral. Um, this is, for those of you listening, if you have fatigue and brain fog, uh, quite possibly with insomnia, uh, widespread pain uh, following COVID, even if it wasn't immediately after the COVID, it doesn't have to start right away. You've got post-viral chronic fatigue syndrome. Now, if you got the shortness of breath, um, that's a whole nother show. Uh, for those of you with shortness of breath, email me uh, at and write this down, fatigue, F-A-T-I-G-U-E-D-O-C, at gmail.com. Ask for the shortness of breath information sheet. Okay, so, so it's fatigue, fatigue doc, fatigue doc at? Yep, like a fatigue doctor. Mm -hmm. Okay, at gmail.com, is that correct? Yes, because okay. there's a lot of things that we're not going to have time right. that each so, area would be. And that, what, what we're saying is that there, there's different subtypes of chronic fatigue. Some people have heart problems. Some people have breathing problems. Uh, there are also, I just read an article suggesting there's some kind of coagulopathy that may be causing poor circulation mm -hmm. to the brain, causing brain fog. And, you know, so there's a whole lot of uh, inexplicable, uh, but addressable, you know, potentially addressable uh, yeah. issues. Yeah. Well, we've known about the coagulopathy now for 35 years, and I mean, have, many of us have been checking those same tests that they said, oh my God, they're positive. You know, this is not new. You'll see that in, in many post, not just post-viral, but many infections where it triggers the kind of like the clotting material mm -hmm. to coat them. They're like little shields of uh, armor that the bacteria and the viruses coat themselves with so that immune system can't get to them this is this is all old stuff some of the discoveries of the past uh, really should be leveraged uh, against what seemingly is a novel condition and not really it's not without precedent i think you know even in uh you know you go through the history of medicine 
uh, you know, even classical medical accounts of people who suffer from viruses and then, you know, are debilitated. Uh, so that's the way we should treat it. Um, okay, so mm-hmm. uh, you you lay out a very interesting uh kind of a checklist protocol or like an algorithm or, you know, a set of procedures that people should address, you know, they could do that on their own and it'd be helpful if they worked with uh, an integrated practitioner uh, to kind of go through a checklist of potential issues. So, you know, maybe take us, take us on a tour of those. Absolutely, because these conditions, uh, post-viral chronic fatigue in general, represent an energy crisis where the mitochondrial energy furnaces go on low low production mode, uh, energy levels drop, it trips the circuit breaker called the hypothalamus, which is what controls sleep, blood pressure, uh, hormones, all of that. So. This whole thing is an energy crisis. A randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study, which was put together by, with the help of people at the NIH, by the way. They just asked me that I not give their names because the NIH would have been upset with them with how dare they help that research. But um, a lot of good people helped put it together. The double-blind study showed that if you use the SHINE protocol, which is where you optimize sleep, hormones and hypotension, because people get low blood pressure issues with the disease, infections, nutritional support, and just a little bit of exercise as able, not mm-hmm. just heavy, mm-hmm. just exercise more, they're crazy, so that's yeah. an idiotic recommendation, yeah. you get post exertional malaise, but enough to prevent the conditioning, 91% of people improve with an average 90% increase in quality of life. Uh, this is very, 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 very treatable. Okay, so so let's uh, address the the sleep disturbances because they can be very profound, and it's kind of paradoxical because people who are very energetic, you know, athletes, uh, you know, people who are extremely productive in their daily lives, uh, they sleep like babies, and then there are people who can, uh, you know, when they put their foot on the accelerator, uh, the car doesn't go, so to speak, metaphorically. And when they try to put the brakes on and relax, uh, they can't relax and they can't get to sleep. And their sleep is very fragmented and, and not restorative. So what's up with that? Yes, yeah, so well, remember, you mentioned that low energy trips the hypothalamic circuit breaker. That is the body's sleep center. That's what helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. When it's not working, you're just not going to get restored to sleep. And, um, you know, if you try a single treatment and give a high enough dose to overcome the sleep problem, you're just going to get side effects and hung over the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, so like with sleep medications, prescri- prescription sleep drugs are often resorted to, but uh, they don't address the mm-hmm. underlying problem. They don't, and but you still, even just the symptomatic relief is important. But you know how around, if you've ever gone to a uh, traditional Chinese herbalist into one of these old Chinese shops mm-hmm. off of New York Avenue, and you walk in and they have 150 little drawers, and you, you tell the symptoms, and the herbalist opens up 30 different drawers and takes a pinch of each and puts it together. Yeah, been there, done that. I, tr- I studied kind of TCM, traditional here. Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. There you go. So low doses of many things for sleep 
work better than a high dose of one. Mm-hmm. And what we use are things that play well together and are well tolerated. So a good place to begin is, again, good sleep hygiene. But this is not a sleep hygiene problem, but use common sense, make time for sleep, that kind of things. Um, for melatonin, I'll use a sustained release, 10 milligram melatonin. Uh, I so it doesn't wear EP off. In other words, it needs to keep you uh, keep releasing over the course of the night. Exactly. Um, for herbs, there's uh, two herbals I use as a mix of six herbs. One is called the Revitalizing Sleep Formula. The other is essential oils called Terrific ZZZZ. Um, and then I'm going to go to the medications. I'm, I'm not against the use of right. medications. Sparingly. I'm just against the way we use them insanely, not based on science, mm-hmm. but based on profit. What, do you, what medications um, do you like, generally? Try tiny doses, 25 to 50 milligrams of trazodone, Trazodones. two and a half to five milligrams of flexural, uh, trazodone is Desiril. Sinequan, uh, Cine- which I think is also Desiril, right? Uh, another name? Sinequan uh, is going to be a different agent, but can't, uh, that and doxepin. Mm-hmm. Uh, doxepin. Uh, the doxepin is helpful for people with allergies, and they have a baby form of drops, mm-hmm. so you can really titrate the dose instead of 10 milligrams. Mm-hmm. down to a tenth of a milligram. Um, the medication Flexural, as I mentioned. Uh, gabapentin. I know people, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that goes back and forth, but unless it's combined with narcotics, it is incredibly safe. Now, mm-hmm. any of these can cause side effects, in which yep. case, lower the dose or stop it. Uh, and then the Z agents to help initiate sleep. But again, a low doses of several things. Because What's your take on, if you on do a high dose, you're hungover till the next day. What's your take on, on CBD, uh, which has kind of entered the brilliant. picture since we last talked? It's brilliant. It's just expensive. Okay. So it's not so much the CBD as all of the cannabinoids. There's each component has its own effects, and they're quite different. There's 10 major components of the cannabinoids, and they're amazingly synergistic. I like to use the whole hemp oil. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but again, it's a little pricey for people. Okay. Well, it could be part of the armamentarium along with some of these other agents. And that's really one of the things it I really uh, like and respect about you is that uh, you kind of, in an even-handed way, wield the armamentarium of natural medicine along with, uh, you know, a kind of a judicious and critical look at what conventional medicines uh, might work. And you're not afraid to, you know, play around with the doses and customize them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what works and what's safe and what has good research. Now, for some people, they're going to find they can't tolerate anything natural or prescription. Yeah. And a really good place for uh, those who have severe sensitivities to begin um, will be to reset the limbic system. Um, there's two different things. One is called dynamic neural retraining system. If you look up DNRS and Hopper, do a search, it'll pop up. Another one is the autonomic reset uh, program. Um, or ANS Rewire would be the name uh, to look up. And either of those will train you. It's kind of like cognitive behavioral therapy, but without the idiot sitting there trying to make believe that there's nothing wrong with you. CBT (laughs) is a very helpful thing to learn how to cope with the disease. If you have cancer, you have CBT to learn how to cope with it. But some crazy folks say, well, for fibromyalgia, we're going to use it to convince people they're crazy and there's nothing wrong with them. And yeah. I recommend that you stay really far away from those. Yeah. But the ones who say, yes, 
the devastating disease. We're going to teach you how to help it and how to uh, cope with it. Okay. Right. Right. And and I think it's an important distinction because it's not, you know, when we suggest these techniques, it's not to suggest that it's all in your head. It's just a way that the mind can assist with healing and rebalancing. Uh, An example of which Mm -hmm. is uh, something called CBTI, uh, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, which, you know, kind of uh, elicits the right behaviors to support uh, sleep and get rid of some of the destructive behaviors that undermine sleep. Uh, I've also seen some protocols helpful for people who have multiple chemical sensitivities. Again, not to deny the realis- the, the realistic problems with their detox systems, but to get them to uh, weather their uh, discomfort and not go down that rabbit hole of uh, kind of, uh, you know, cycling through symptoms. Mm-hmm. And John, for, for listeners who are worried about, is this in your mind? Again, our randomized double-blind placebo-controlled study showed that the placebo group did horribly. The active group did well, which proves, again, one more of hundreds of studies that prove beyond a doubt this is a very real, physical, devastating illness, but it's also very treatable. If you go to a doctor, uh, for those of you out there, you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, I don't know what's wrong with you, so you're crazy and implies that. What I'm going to invite you to do is stand up, walk over to them, smile down at them, kiss them on top of the head, then scream at them, you abusive son of a bitch bastard. Thank you for letting me know what a total crazy person you are. Before I waste time, walk out of the room, in the waiting room, scream, that person should call the police, he's an abusive prick, I would get the hell out of here before he gets you, and walk out the door, and then go online and let people know that the guy should, that that kind of abusive stuff is simply no longer acceptable. Multiple sclerosis used to be called hysterical paralysis. Can you imagine neurologists who implied, oh, MS, don't. They're, they're just faking that they're quadriplegic. Right. Autism used to be thought uh, that it was due to uh, cold mothering, you know, like a, a mother you know, who's like cold and impersonal uh, would engender <laughs> an autistic child. Yeah, white monkey. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so, you know, uh, well, at the very least, that would serve uh, as a catharsis uh, that might be helpful. Um, so, you know, there's some something to be said for that. Okay, so let's get to the H and H because actually there are two different H's. One is uh, hormones. And so what happens to hormones in this condition? Because uh, you know, the, the hormones go sideways uh, in chronic fatigue conditions. What happens is that the hypothalamic circuit breaker that gets tripped controls the pituitary, blah, blah, blah. It controls the entire hormone system. It controls thyroid, adrenal, uh, reproductive, and a host of other hormones. Now, the blood tests we do, um, it's important to realize what normal means on a blood test. Normal is called two standard deviations. But in English, it just means that you're not in the lowest or highest 2.5% of the It's statistical. It's arbitrary. Right. Right. A normal shoe size range would be anywhere from size 6 to 13. Mm-hmm would be, or 5 to 13, would be a normal range for shoe sizes. Now, I have a size 12 foot. If I go into the shoe doctor wearing a size 6 shoe, the shoe doctor is going to say it's in the normal range. <laughs> okay, so that's how silly, the, you know, relying only on the normal range is. Uh, what happens, research shows that it drops hormone levels 50%. Roughly, okay. that's not enough to put you in the lowest two percent, to put you in the lowest five to ten percent of the population, which just shows up in um, low normal, right? It's within range, low normal. Yeah. Yes. So, 
the you need to diagnose based on symptoms thyroid thyroid achy weight gain cold intolerant and we deserve a trial of bioidentical uh, thyroid hormone mm-hmm. adrenal I, I i'll give it one simple symptom that is wonderful at discerning do you get hangry do you get irritable when hungry hangry hangry mm-hmm. hangry mm. and if you get hangry you need adrenal support Mm. And I'll use simple, all kind of things like uh, Adrenoplex is what I use. Right. Um, licorice Which is tea over the can counter, be very natural. helpful. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And adrenal support is pretty straightforward, but will make all the difference in the world. And it is way cheaper than a divorce lawyer. And do you sometimes resort to, because in the past uh, with some of these patients, uh, I've you know found that the natural things... Don't quite do the trick, and for at least a short period of time, we try to boost them with some natural hydrocortisone. They're very, very low dose. Absolutely. We're talking about prednisone-like doses. You know, prednisone will make no. you feel great, you know, but uh, it's very destructive. Yeah, it's the, the hydrocortisone, 20 milligrams, which is like 4 milligrams of prednisone, uh, has been shown to be quite safe for long-term use. In uh, one of our earlier studies, we did not see adrenal suppression. Uh, putting your own adrenal okay. glands to sleep That's until you sure. got to doses over 20 milligrams. At 20, we did not see it. Mm-hmm. At 25, you start to see it. And you don't see the toxicities, mm-hmm. except maybe some acid stomach or a bit of weight gain. Um, so, yes, it's in the people with the more severe uh, CFS, especially we're seeing it through long COVID, mm-hmm. um, giving the hydrocortisone. And it doesn't have to be short-term. I mean, Professor Jeffries, who is a case of well, Western well, you for, uh, Jeffries, yeah. way back when. Yeah, he put you on 20 milligrams the rest of your life for the cortex. They have a nice day. Mm-hmm. And the people did not see problems. So, yes, that definitely uh, can be very helpful and a good subset of people with this illness. Okay, so the other H is, uh, is you know, hypotension. Hypotension. And, and that you know, accounts for this uh, weak and dizzy thing, you know, uh, which is, mm-hmm. you know, you stand up, you feel like uh, your head's spinning, you're going to hit the deck, your heart is pounding. That's uh, sometimes referred to as POTS. What do you, what's mm-hmm. that and how do you deal with it? So remember, the hypothalamic circuit breaker controls sleep, hormones, and blood pressure. Basically, we're a big bag of water. And if you think about it, when we stand upright, what's gravity going to do? It sends all our blood down to our legs. To become an upright species, we needed to develop the ability to send up blood back to our brain and heart muscles. Mm -hmm. It's called the autonomic nervous system. That's not working in this disease. Um, And we're seeing, especially in long COVID, study after study is showing that the majority of people have, and whether you want to call it POTS or orthostatic intolerance. Mm -hmm. But again, that's a whole other longer discussion. There are two simple tests you can do at home that will screen to tell you if you have it. And also, it's not hard to treat as long as you know that it's there. Um, if you email me again, fatigue, F-A-T-I-G-U-E, D-O-C, and just ask for the free long COVID or fibromyalgia information sheets, I will include the orthostatic intolerance information sheet. Wow. And that, that's extremely forthcoming of you to, uh, you know, make yourself that accessible to people. But, uh, you know, I think that's kind of your mission statement is to uh, mm. teach uh, clinicians and patients uh, and and just share your wealth of knowledge. So it's uh, fatigue doc at gmail.com. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, mm-hmm. And 
All right. So when it comes to uh, measures to get that blood pressure back up, what, what are some of the, the simple measures that can be employed? Increase salt, increase water. The American medical guidance of avoiding salt is crazy. Yeah. It, you know, the main benefit of salt restriction is people die younger. <laughs> and you'll see studies will go both ways. But if you have somebody with a highest salt possible intake versus the lowest salt tolerable. You know how much difference in blood pressure that affects? They will have, if they're white, they will have about one meter, millimeter less blood pressure. Some studies suggest two to three. If they're black, their blood pressure will go down three millimeters. It's not worth it. It's not, hypertension is not salt excess. Hypertension is a potassium deficiency along with other things. Um, but in this illness, Increase salt, increase water. Uh, I would take the Adrenoplex for adrenal support. Um, I would use compression stockings. They need to be medium, uh, 20 to 30 millimeter compression mm -hmm. stockings. If you can only tolerate knee high, that can help. But if you go mid-thigh or the mm -hmm. higher you go, the more it'll support your blood pressure. You only need to wear them when you're up and around, mm -hmm. not when you're in bed. And that's actually um, the same principle that uh, fighter pilots use when they're exposed to, you know, high G-forces. They have, you know, mm -hmm. compression suits that actually press on their lower extremities to keep the blood from, you know, pooling in their lower extremities and getting away from their head so they black out. Absolutely. That's a, uh, Ron, you're, <laughs> you're right on the mark, you know, because um, uh, just so. And then there's a, a list of medications that can be helpful. Uh, there's a lot you can do about it. Mm -hmm. It just most doctors don't even know it exists, mm -hmm. except as a vague concept. They don't know how to test for it, and they certainly don't know how to treat it. The sheet will do all of that for you. Do you ever use uh, mineralocorticoid medication if licorice doesn't do the trick? Uh, you know, it's like yep. a low dose of some of those. Yeah, there's certain medications uh, that can. Yep. Yeah, fluorinef can raise the blood pressure. You know, ju again, judicious so, so use of thing. these things as a last resort. Uh, not as a last resort at all. The problem with fluorinef is that it mostly works in children. doesn't work as well in adults. Okay. Uh, this is work out of John Hopkins, who you'll see. In this population, Peter Rao did research, uh, and you'll see other research. Um, the Florinef is one of the treatments on the list, um, but again, it works more in people under 30. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, we have uh, gotten through the first couple of letters of the SHINE protocol. Uh, our listeners know that we divide our podcast into two parts, so uh, well, let's tease to part Two, where we'll do the I and E. Uh, those letters stand for different aspects of a comprehensive treatment protocol for chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and now for long COVID. Our guest is Dr. Jacob Teitelbaum. He's author of From Fatigue to Fantastic. You can find his website at vitality101.com. And the book is in its fourth edition. It is truly a perennial book, first written, I remember, in the, in the 90s. And you've updated it uh, with new findings uh, several times. Still relevant, still useful. It's a great handbook uh, for both clinicians and patients. Uh, we'll be right back with more of today's podcast on the subject of addressing long COVID. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.